Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Mr. Renfield, welcome. I am Valakia. You will make a very good assistant. No! He's evil. We will protect you. You have the word of the most trusted institution on Earth, the Catholic Church. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the uh, 300th celebration of the Youth Critic uh podcast uh we are now joined at the tail end of this uh with marley uh from real lovers podcast thanks thanks for having me uh and congratulations on 300 so (laughs) i know it's uh i i now i i I, as the youth critic now i'm starting to feel old like i'm now like in need of a rebranding well i i've seen you i've seen the 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 tweet you put out where you said that you've now put out more episodes than red letter media (laughs) than half of the bag yeah and i'm like (laughs) and i yeah because i saw like their guardians of the galaxy 3 uh episode and i was like or this like yeah and i was like oh my god they've only done 200 (laughs) in like 20 episodes like i'm at 300 and they started their show in 20 like 2011 so (laughs) i have like a four-year lead (laughs) like i did more in in eight years than they did in 12 (laughs) and and i'm just creeping up on like 100 like i'm at 70 right now and oh uh, you're still in the baby phase yeah i'm still i'm still baby phase so like i've rebranded a couple of times i've like it was the water cooler podcast now it's the real lovers podcast so you're, you're, I don't know. I, I, it's weird because I was counting the episodes up until like episode fifty until I rebranded, and now the real lovers. I don't put like a number on it, which is I don't know why I just stopped, but but yeah. <laughs> I I do I, I still do the number. It's just a habit. Um, but I mean, really, because I mean, I because I don't include. I've done not only three hundred episodes of this, but I've done like at least a hundred retrospectives that are not mm-hmm. counted. I've done my Atlanta film festival coverage. I've done, um, uh, interviews. I've done a lot over eight years. And, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I just very much have like, <sighs> so yeah, like I've just done a lot. And so it's just been a crazy, but it's been, it's been fun. Like I love doing this. I, I very much, I love talking to my friends. Um, yeah. and then posting online for everyone to see. Or exactly. Listen. Like, some of my favorite things to do are just talking with my friends about movies and the fact that we can both do this like on the internet and put it out there and people can listen to it. I think that, I think that's great. So it's a- yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, so Marley, what are we discussing on this final uh, portion of the celebration? We are discussing the, the, we, let me just start that over. We are discussing Nicholas Cage's masterpiece, Renfield. Nicholas Cage is Dracula it? again. <laughs> he directed this movie. Wow. No, he he stars in it. Nicholas oh, Cage okay. stars in it. He stars uh, as Dracula. Dracula and Renfield is actually uh, played by um, Nicholas Holt. Yes. So, 
Yeah. The the kid um, from the UK version of Skins. And and also warm bodies too. So Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Beast uh the Beast, uh or Beast from uh, X Men, so the X Men movies. Oh yeah. The bad ones. But but <laughs> some of them are okay. Some of them are they're, good. They're, yeah, they're okay. They're okay. Uh but yeah. Um I love this movie. I don't know about you. I I like other than I know the other series that we're doing, we're talking about Fast and Furious. Uh, it seems appropriate for you to have me on to talk about Renfield because this movie is solely about narcissistic relationships and how and how they kind of run like our lives. And it, I don't know what you're trying to say, Kale. If the, like Fast and Furious is like my narcissistic relationship, how it's running my life, but it, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. <laughs> It's running, ruining your life. You're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about me? What about me? Right. No, but no. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah. No, I mean, we do that. The the road to the fast saga. You can find it on Spotify. You know, and uh, you should probably also listen to that to hear all of our thoughts. All multi hours. Probably have we filled up twenty four hours yet? No, we. There's no way, right? There's it's about twelve hours at least. <laughs> okay, so you do a road trip and listen to our series right now. You could get through. Yeah, exactly. Uh, get get to the road to Fast X with our podcast, the Road to the Fast Saga. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so th- so yeah, there was a little shameless plug, and um, <laughs> but no, but yeah, we're here for Renfield. Um, and you know, and what better way to talk about Renfield with with Marley uh, since we are both in in a toxic relationship talking about one of the strangest one of the strangest franchises. Toxic relationship with Vin Diesel. Yes, we are in a very. <laughs> yes, I cry every day. I cry every day, but I. But then when I. But then when he's in my life, I feel like I'm gifted by Jesus. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I. I need, but I, I need Vin Diesel yeah. to play Jesus. Martin Scorsese directed. Please no, no, no. Let's let's talk about some Redfield. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the real but, Jesus here. Well, yeah, let's talk about the real Jesus here, uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, <gasps> I have to ask you, um, like, what's your history of Nicolas Cage before watching this movie? Oh, oh, you're asking me a question? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Okay. So, no, I've been a Nick. I've loved Nicolas Cage. Uh, I've, I've still have yet to see uh, Leaving Las Vegas, which I think is his Oscar winning performance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but I'm, I've always loved his work, and I really, but to me, like, his kind of my introduction to him was more um with the national treasure movies uh which i don't think you're alone there i don't think you're alone there (laughs) which i mean i i I saw those movies when i was like 10 and 13 i think Mm -hmm. and i was like these are some good because i was into the indiana jones stuff at that time too Mm -hmm. especially when that first movie came out so i was like i'm pro like adventure movies you know Mm -hmm. i'm pro pirates of the caribbean like I'm all for that Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, we're going to have some fun, you know, summer for thrill ride, even though I think mm-hmm. the national treasure movies are more holiday. They're, they came out there in the holiday season. Uh, but no, I was very much introduced to him. And then it was, it wasn't really until college that he, I started to understand that he was a meme, that he had mm-hmm. been in really bad movies and he had been the best thing in those bad movies 
not did you discover the nick cage as everyone website during college uh no but i've seen plenty of youtube videos <laughs> of just like sizzle reels of like nicholas cage just a- acting we'll just call it acting yes yeah it- this is what I love about Nicolas Cage. Like, I love Fast and Furious, but I think Nicolas Cage is my favorite actor just because I love that he just picks roles just because, like, I don't know if he has an agent, but if he, if he doesn't, he's just picking roles on, on, on his, on, on, a, like, on his own. And I have, like, a lot of respect for that. Like, he's, like, he's not, he's just kind of, like, doing what he wants to do and just, like, he's kind of, like, one of the last, like, actors to kind of, like do that like he's not really doing this for the money like yeah like if the movies do well like then he's financially like like uh yeah he's like successful mm -hmm. but but it's he's doing it for the love and the and the craft so yeah exactly i mean there's plenty of movies where you can argue there's a paycheck there had to have been a paycheck involved but uh but no i mean nicholas cage is like to me one of those like just committed actors like just an actor Mm -hmm. who like even if the script really doesn't like do the character he's playing justice he's gonna try to add gravitas he's gonna add some weight to it he's gonna try he's one of the few actors that doesn't go method but Mm -hmm. you are but you but i wouldn't be surprised if a friend argued that that he is a method actor with me because mm-hmm. like, cause he just comes in and he commits so like fully and that's like why like I kind of like respect his last kind of few movies with like the un- um, the unbelievable weight of massive success uh, Joe um, unbelievable weight of massive talent oh I, I know it's a mouthful it's a mouthful <laughs> like sometimes I forget it too so yeah like he's really good at like play and also I think he kind of realizes that he is a meme Mm-hmm. So he just kind of plays into it. Like he's one of those few actors that I'm just like waiting for just to get like a Bojack Horseman role where he can just mm-hmm. play like a, a character. And I know unbelievable weight was the kind of was promoted as that, but it doesn't really do that enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of like the, one of the big faults in the movie is it doesn't really just like play to like how being a meme is, can also, you know, just, dry you up mm-hmm. as an actor or as a te- as an artist uh so for me it kind of so for me like i'm waiting for that like birdman or i'm waiting for that like where it's very much like a movie that's meta like retrospectively looking back at a career mm-hmm. yeah um i i i totally agree with you like 100 percent. although I do think that like unbearable weight of massive talent is very like I think it, it like a people people wanted it to be the meme movie but in a way like I don't think it's like it's having a little bit different expectations because Nicolas Cage if you hear him talk in interviews like he he's not on social media he doesn't have a Twitter or anything like that he doesn't really know about like all the crazy like I, I'm sure he knows like to an extent i'm but, sure his children and maybe like you know sharing him like some tiktoks or whatnot yeah but uh i i just love that he's just kind of like just making art just for the sake of art and um and yeah but <laughs> yeah and he takes the craft very seriously like you know i mean when you listen to his oscar speech it's like 
the Rosetta Stone of Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. very <laughs> much like it, it, it very much is like this is like an uh, this is a guy and he was young when he got it. So he's like very much like very humbled uh, to have gotten it. So, I mean, he's very much this guy who's just like, no, I mean, I want to explore all the different avenues. I want to explore all the different, you know, what we can do with acting and what we can do uh with you know what we what i want to explore new territories i want to like he really respects it yeah and and also a lot of people don't know this but he's he's an epo baby like oh yeah like he's he's the he's the son of of, uh of coppola and I, I love that he doesn't. Well, not like, the it, son of Francis Ford Coppola. I yeah, it's not like a like a whole god, like godfather. Thing I think like he. Like I think it's his uncle. Like I think it's Francis. I mean, I can double check while we talk about it, mm-hmm. but I think I I at least think like Francis is like an uncle. Mm-hmm. But but still, nipple baby. But I like that he's he's relying on himself to get his opportunities in Hollywood, not like his, his uh, relatives, which is really nice and refreshing for like nipple babies to like do. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. So let me see. Uh, his, let's see. His grandparents were, um, I mean, yeah, he's the uncle or he, he's the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and his aunt is uh, Tila Shires. Taylor, t- Taylor Sheridan. What? <laughs> did I say Taylor Sheridan? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, yes, you did. But uh, <laughs> Talia Shire, um, basically uh, Rocky's wife. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I mean, he's no, I mean, he he's a, a Nepo family like his. Mm-hmm. He's a Nepo family, so, um, but you're right, but, I mean, he, he changed his last name, and he really broke out, like, and to me, like, one of his, my favorite roles of his is, uh, Raising Arizona, because mm-hmm. it plays both dramatic and comedy. Yes, for, for sure. Ra- Raising Arizona is up there for me, but, um, I think, I hate to, like, boost Renfield up, because I know it's... <laughs> Like I think Renfield be might be like my favorite performance from his, but but uh, wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot. You know, Marley, there's a lot of performances <laughs> you could have chosen from. <laughs> I know, I know, but I I don't know. I just I just really enjoyed it. Renfield is like really fun. Like he's played Dracula before in um oh shoot, Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, Vampire's Kiss. And uh, I just like this, this like, just evolution of like what, where Dracula, like, uh, like where they took Dracula, and one of the main writers, or I think one, I think he wrote the first draft. Is Robert Kirkman? Yes, wrote the first draft for Renfield. Uh, uh, I'm assuming so. Yeah, yeah, so, mm-hmm. and you can definitely get a lot of those vibes coming from, uh, uh, coming from Renfield. Mm-hmm. but yeah no i mean he's real and what i do like about cage here is he commits like i keep mm-hmm. like whenever i saw the movie and then my first response was i don't really care for the movie but i mean nicholas cage like deserves an oscar for best supporting mm-hmm. actor like he really is like committing yeah 
And it's just like it's an interesting it uh, I know we're recording this like a while after uh, a while after the movie has come out. Hey, April's been a very busy month. We record Well, yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, I just saw another movie called Polite Society and that movie also kind of like deals with like a, like a different way to like tell a story, like a story that we've already like seen before but kind of done in a new way. And that's what what Renfield does like here. It takes like the tr- like the the traditional like Dracula Renfield story and kind of turns it on its turns it on its head and and uh, uh kind of like shines light on like issues that not necessarily a lot of people talk about that it like Renfield basically is like in a narcissistic relationship and uh and just kind of like explore like kind of like those issues. Yeah. My so my kind of feeling on Renfield is Nicolas Cage is great. Uh there's some really good jokes. Ben Schwartz also uh as Lobo. Mm-hmm. is really good <laughs> yeah <laughs> um really commits aquafina is really good even though she's con- her and i don't think her and holt are really cast like i don't think their chemistry really works together very well mm-hmm. but i think aquafina is doing great and then uh the rest of the movie is kind of gar is just kind of like a misfire yeah uh, I don't know. Aquafina, in a way, is kind of doing what she's always been doing, which is kind of sad because I feel like she has more range than just being like the, the being just the one person that screams really loud, like in movies. Like she did, she was she was that in in Shang Chi. She was uh, she. What else was she in? Like earlier this year, I want to say was she in Cocaine Bear? Like, no, 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 no. She was not in Cocaine Bear. Uh gosh here i'll just look it up because i have yeah. <laughs> but keep talking go ahead um but yeah uh i don't know i just think i had a lot of fun with like like this movie is very violent and and i like that this movie doesn't really hold back and and also uh i'd like to have you like kind of like explain a little bit more about like why it kind of misfired for you because uh, I also think like uh, some of the other good performances from from this movie are, oh shoot! If you if you can help me look up like the the guy that's running like the therapist, the therapy. Oh like, yeah, hang on. Oh. That dude, that dude was like, he was kick, kicking on all cylinders. I, I I loved every single like punchline that 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 uh, that he had, and just I don't know. I just think that. I think he's a comedian, like a like a like an. He active is. Comedian. He is an active comedian. It's Brandon Scott Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's been in. He was the the gay roommate in Is It It Romantic with um. Mm-hmm. You seen? Have you seen that one? Isn't it romantic? I, I haven't seen it yet, but. Oh my god, that's a it's a great parody of romantic comedies. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to check it out just because I enjoyed his performance so much in this um he's in the other two he's actually a pretty decent role in it like he's one of the writers on it mm-hmm. uh so he's in the other two for hbo max uh he's uh that's pretty much he's in can you ever forgive me uh so i mean yeah he's been a- around mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I do think his performance is really good. I do think, um, I don't even think any of the actors are really that bad. Uh, it's even great to even see, um, uh, whoever, who is, who is Lobo's mom? Oh, shoot. (laughs) That's, uh, um, I try, I've looked up the name and I, uh, Sharon, I got, Agdashulu, Agdashulu. I'm I'm so mm-hmm. sorry, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll see myself out <laughs> in a minute. But okay. Uh, so but no, I do like her. I do like. I mean, I do like everyone. And and the way this movie is written, like it's written like a very cheap, low budget, like '80s mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, like you know, it's almost kind of has like a similar structure to. Uh, Oh, I had the movie in my head, the reanimator. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of feels like almost like a Stuart Gordon movie with like a the amount of like just gore present, like uncomfortable gore. Uh, and but also the it's, comedy, but also there's like horror hijinks and sci-fi. Go ahead. It's uncomfortable gore, but <laughs> you call me like sick and twisted at this point. But I thought that like the gore, like yeah, it was uncomfortable. I thought the gore was like actually kind of funny because like just s- some of the things that happened to some of the people like in this movie are just like are, are it, to me it's laugh out laugh out loud funny because I can't really imagine something like that ever happening. And I, I I love that this film is from Universal because Universal is like at least so far like this year they're they're like. I love that they're kind of like buying into like this B movie kind of campiness of like the films that they're putting out. Like you have Cocaine Bear, now you have Megan. Now you have Renf- you have you have Megan, which I still have to see. But but uh, and then now you have Renfield, and I guess what about Fast X? If that's campy or not, we'll find out. You have, but you technically have Strays, which is like a obscure, absurd R-rated comedy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, Universal kind of has been cornering themselves this year. It's like, we are the return of the R-rated comedy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, I know Megan was probably conceived as a horror movie, but it's very much, you know, because it's so ridiculous, it is it is a horror comedy. Um, And and then, of course, Cooking Bear is a, com- is a horror comedy. This is mm-hmm. a horror com. This is mostly comedy, but just with hints of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course we have Strays, and then I don't. It's no hard feelings. Is that Sony or Universal? Do you remember? I think it's Sony. I think it's Sony. okay. Never mind. And then I think yeah, Joyride is also Sony. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I mean, they're they're but they have been kind of like for this first half of the year, they've been really cornering the whole. You know, we we need to kind of bring the R rated comedy back, especially uh, since. It, everyone's just been kind of like hey we haven't really had like a comedy in like a good while mm-hmm. so and to be fit and also i mean cocaine bear and megan did very well for their respected budgets mm-hmm. so there's no reason universal thought that this movie would like just outright bomb mm-hmm. and then it yeah. did <laughs> yeah that's uh <laughs> it landed like a blood bag like a person you know blowing up like a blood bag yeah it landed like uh just uh renfield's just self-esteem 
as he realizes like what Dracula is doing to him. It's just like flat on his face in therapy, and, which is unfortunate because I think what I, I don't even like Nicholas Holt all that much to be honest. Oh, watching like, this movie, I was like, oh my god, he really is a terrible actor. <laughs> I, but I think what he's doing here is actually there's. I, I don't know if some of the Nicolas Cage-ness is kind of, like, coming off him. Because, like, when he is, like, in recovery and, like, saying that he doesn't need Dracula to be, to be successful. And he gets, like, his own apartment. Like, the scene where he gets his own apartment, he has his, like, sweater vest on. And, like, the, the apartment is, like, all set up with, like, motivational quotes. Like, first of all, that, that whole sequence is really well, like, like designed. The montage. Like for, like, yeah, the, the montage. And... I don't know. I just think, like, just the the half smile that he has, the where he's just kind of like, I I, I just I just loved every every minute of it. And and I know it seems like I'm in the minority here, but it's I I, I just had a really good time with it. So. No, no, no. It's it, no, no, no. Absolutely. Like, but I will say, you know, because and to elaborate what I meant, like, uh, watching this movie made me realize, oh my god, Nicholas Holt's actually a bad actor. <laughs> is that because I kept like thinking why on the wor- world like he he got passed for Top Gun Maverick he got passed for the Batman <laughs> he got passed for um uh, he gets passed a lot like he's the guy that usually is like in the final like choices between like other uh, other great actors and then he's like right. and then he's like no sorry goodbye <laughs> right um uh so I kept kind of wondering like what is everyone seeing you know that was everyone seeing that Chris McKay just like dismissed right? Uh, or, you know, being optimistic, you know, uh, was like, Oh no, like I can work with this. Uh, Well, yeah, I I think the, what Chris McKay was like seeing in him and like a Renfield is that I'm not too knowledgeable with the Dracula, like kind of storyline, but like Renfield is kind of pathetic. Well, like when you think about it, like, like it's it just he he's he's kind of like all it's like it's he's kind of mediocre to be honest yeah. like everyone's kind of focused on dracula and he's and renfield is always kind of like waiting at his hand his hand and foot and i think that what i i don't know i'd have to ask chris mckay this if i had the opportunity if he wanted to pair like that mediocrity with the like a mediocre mediocre actor but which just sounds really mean like i don't really mean that like in a mean way it's like like i don't know i'm just saying nicholas colt is probably born for this role <laughs> to be uh, well also if we're going to pair a pathetic like character with any actor why do we go with someone someone who's like almost taller than nicholas cage because nicholas cause, sure. it, because I don't know if you realize, like Nicholas Holt is actually really tall. Yeah, and, and you could tell that with like some of the framing. That I, I'm pretty. It, it's it's just it's not a surprise that Universal like like uh, distributed this because Universal is probably very used to filmmakers like adjusting the camera to make other actors look bigger than each other because uh, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious. <laughs> but <laughs> they probably told Christmas K how to do it. Yeah, they're like, hey, here's the book. It's just like a 50-page manual on, like... <laughs> here's what you do, you know. Look, we can, we can't really... Look, I, we don't know, like, why we can't get rid of Vin Diesel. We we paid him so much money to come back, and then and now he won't leave us. Right, exactly. But 
We thought he would grow. Yeah. We thought we would find better actors that are smaller. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. Or they, or maybe they just like to present a short king as tall. That's that's what Universal's saying. They're just like, <laughs> hey, we got to get shout out to short kings out there. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Even though I'm six foot three, but anyways, <laughs> are you really? Got, yeah, gotta look down at my little people. Okay, <laughs> literally. Oh wow. Okay. Oh wow. I'm just like I'm just my five eight. You know. Okay. So you would be looking down at me. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just like <laughs> oh looking down can be a, a can be perceived as a very positive thing. That's what I'm trying to change here. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right but so yeah no this so we start the movie and with black and white you know uh we won't do the we won't go through every scene in this movie just for timing because mm-hmm. this movie podcast is already like this podcast will already the celebration will already be long <laughs> mm-hmm. um but uh but no so we start the movie it's black and white uh it's actually it looks kind of nice it it very much you know feels like an older movie mm-hmm. i don't know how much of it just is like they just use reuse footage or whatnot but i mean mm-hmm. it does look really good nicholas cage does look really nice in the black and white you know especially mm-hmm. when he smiles and with blood i do kind of right. like i kind of like the montage of them building you know of like renfield explaining like how we got here I honestly think that they digitally inserted Nicolas Cage into old footage of Dracula. Okay. Did they actually reshoot? I don't because... know. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It looked like they digitally inserted him, like they did in like a Forrest Gump, like historical footage that where they put Tom Hanks like like in old footage. But I don't know if they did. It looks really great. But if they <laughs> But if they shot for real, it still looks really great. So that's. Oh no, you're right. They did. They did the Forrest mm-hmm. Gump method. I'm looking it up right mm-hmm. now. But yes, they did. Yeah. Um, uh... Holy sh! My God, there were four editors on this production. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Right. You can. You can only can. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Um. You can only. Uh... You have to contain Nick Cage with four editors, so it's the only way to control him. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, so, yeah. And then we cut to the present where uh, where the Catholic Church is trying to kill uh, Dracula. Mm-hmm. And um, and it looks all looks good. And it looks good. Like, it, like I mean, the, you know, the explosion. Like, it, I understand, like, why people were... I understand the defense. Like, it is meant to be camp. Mm-hmm. Of, like, when, you know, Renfield or not... Or Dracula, you know, turns into smoke, goes into the priest, blows him up. Mm-hmm. I get it. I completely understand. It's it is, But it is just, like... Uh, the, I think... But it is very visceral. And the... And it kind of leads to my kind of problem with the movie is that it's taking a very, very serious subject, which is toxic, toxic relationships, toxic Mm -hmm. masculinity, how domination, um, and tries to put a comic spin on it to a point to where 
when there is a character, they have a they have a character, uh, and I don't remember her name. She's like the bald headed chick. She's like the bald headed woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is like her, her whole running gag is you know she's trying to tell her story and then she's rudely interrupted for Renfield. Right. To, so what? I, I don't no, know. Like finish that, your thought. So so like and 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 for me like that to me kind of is like the epitome of this movie is like it wants to be you know this pause this movie about breaking away from toxic relationships you know you know throwing away your toxic you know your your toxic partner uh but (laughs) but uh it is (laughs) but uh what was i saying uh but just okay. like what Marley's okay, doing back. right I'm now, back. actually. I'm back. <laughs> Just like what happened right here, Marley. <laughs> and Marley. Uh, but no. So that, that's kind of like the epitome of this movie. It wants to be about toxic relationships, but really, also, but in the end, it's like, uh, well, we're, isn't it funny that Nicolas Cage is Dracula and he's an and he's evil? And it's like, um, I guess. Sure. Not really. Why? Um, who's this terrible actor? <laughs> To kind of add on a little bit, like what you said, is that I think that, um, like, I understand how that could be a problem about, like, nar- toxic relationships. Like, if you're in one, like, get get therapy, like, talk it out, uh, talk it out with your, like, therapist and friends and family. But I think what I like most about, like, this movie is kind of, like, the similar is is similar to like how Thor Love and Thunder dealt with like a touchy subject like cancer. Like we need more movies like like out there that touch on touchy subjects in a comedic way. Because I I I I wish I could refer to this article like off off the top of my head, but I remember reading an article about someone who saw Thor Love and Thunder that actually had cancer. And they're so like they're so used to seeing like movies that that had like depressing like storylines about people that had cancer, and it was nice and refreshing to see something that was like lighthearted, that kind of like saw like the uplifting parts of like like going through what they were going going through. So I'm not in like I, I we joke about like the whole Vin Diesel narcissistic relationship at the top of the podcast, but. But, uh, like, if you were in one, I'm assuming, like, seeing a movie like this would be kind of, like, eye-opening, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I do understand that uh, perspective. I just I just think the epitome of this movie is that we have a very touchy subject. And, and I do agree with Thor, Love, and Thunder. And I do agree with that in that, even though that's not also not a great movie, but that's for different <laughs> reasons. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Um, but what I do, but like what I did love about Thor, Love, and Thunder is at the core of it, it is about saying goodbye. It's about, you know, mm-hmm. saying goodbye to one relationship. And you can also even read it as like Taika Waititi's like open open openly public divorce letter to his ex-wife um sorry i always like to read i always like to read art as something for super personal Mm -hmm. um you know because 
because that's why it, it does like it, it, the ending i will say like thor love and thunder doesn't do a lot of great things but the ending where thor you know goes to jane when he could fight gore you know you know before, or stop gore from making his wish uh he chooses to be with jane in what he thinks is their final moments mm-hmm. so i i do love that and i do think that's a really good way i just again i thor love and thunder is very messy uh but that movie and this movie is also very messy like it's also but because it's also trying to hang a relationship that's really not a relationship and i don't know Mm -hmm. if like that's like intentional or not because it's so much from renfield's perspective because aquafina kind of like Aquafina kind of treats it as like you know oh you know it's and he's a cute guy you know you know it's cute well, that it, he gives me flowers yeah when you uh, when you say relationship like you mean like 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 romantic relationship because I think what I I, I think what this movie is trying to say is that like like the, a relationship doesn't necessarily have to be romantic to be toxic like any relationship like. I see it more as like I never really saw the uh, like Renfield's and and uh, Dracula's. Oh, I mean Renfield and like Aquafina's. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I see what you're saying. That's what so, I meant. Sorry, I was like, no, no, no. Uh, no. Relationship is it's it. He wants it to be romantic, but she kind of sees it as oh, you know, he's just you know, kind of cute. You know what? He's helping right. me. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. He's nice to have around right you know and then when she finds out everything they, it's kind of like oh you know we'll just be good friends you know because mm-hmm. i mean you killed a lot of you're responsible for a lot of people's death right <laughs> yeah uh that's a lot to work through in a relationship so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. i even like i i i even do love the joke that you know every, anyone's like worst thing they've ever seen i'm gonna be able to top it because of what i've just seen you know when right. after he's killed like a bunch of guards or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a lot for Aquafina to process. You know. Also, I do, <laughs> I do like the proceduralness of her, you know, interior life. Like it's very much like a cop drama. Like I got to catch mm-hmm. the bad guy, right? And and then her sister's like, no, you gotta lay low or something whatever mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well she, <laughs> she definitely has like she she definitely has like the the toxic relationship with like with her sister where and her, her sister plate is job more, yeah her sister has a more like prominent like uh like position well well uh aquafina's character has like she's kind of like a beat cop at like at that point and it's like up to it's kind of like her kind of like dealing with like like difference in position and like like trying not to compare yourself like um like amongst like yourself and like your siblings too so yeah yeah absolutely yeah and also you're and also she's trying to also while doing this like she's also coming at it from a personal angle because her mm-hmm. father was killed by the same people that she's trying to track. 
Mm -hmm. And even worse, the person who's like confessing, like literally confessing is like, no, I'm good. He's going to get off. So. Yeah. Um, So. Should we talk about the violence in this movie? Because that's what everyone seems to be like. This is the thing. Yeah, we we should talk about the violence. We should talk about the violence. (laughs) Do you want to go first on it? Um. Like like I said like earlier, I I think the violence is like comedic and done in like a very like for me, like watching violence in the movies, it's a very touchy subject, especially in the world that we're living in now. Like as we're recording this, we just, like two days ago we just had like another mass shooting. So it's really hard for me to like watch like violence like on the screens because like this is what the hell that we're living in. So I appreciate like Renfield for going a more comedic and very stylistic like route in like the violence just because it's hopefully it's like it like people won't like see like Renfield and be like, hey, I got to replicate this or anything like that. It's it's uh, I, I always appreciate stylistic violence over more grounded and realistic violence. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. And and I understand that. It's just... I understand that, but the violence in this movie is so... Uh, it's weird, because I, I understand that, too. Because Kill Bill is one of my favorite movies, and it has that mm-hmm. like crazy 88 fight, where it's just, I mean, people's appendages are just now, like, fountains for blood. Like, it's... Or mm-hmm. just hoses for blood mm-hmm. so i love that kind of stuff and then this movie i don't know if it's just because it's cgi or whatnot but i feel numb to it right like when someone i mean just like when renfield like slices someone's arms off with a decorative uh dining platter the idea of it is funny but the way it's done it's just like oh that well, it, the arms just came off. Yeah, it, it, but I just think some of the like funnier things is like like I, there's the scene like one of the action sequences where Renfield like he he has to eat bugs right to kind of transform <laughs> to gain his power his, yeah to gain his power and so it, he's like he's it's like at this apartment complex where he's like with Aquafina and he's like looking around like scrounging for like bugs and he eats he eats one. And it, like the violent tirade that he goes on, and he, where he like chops off someone's legs and starts beating someone over the head with like some <laughs> with with their own legs, I was just like, "This is this is great." To be honest, it's like it, I'm not sure. It, it, it totally reminded me of something like a like a like a Kill Bill, where it's just like over the top and just like you could really feel like the direction of like of uh chris mckay like where he's just like just going all in like they were just in the in the writer's room just like how can we kill this person in the most brutal way possible (laughs) i mean the muscle guy in this movie so there's this big muscle guy right Mm -hmm. listeners um and he goes out like he i think he's like holding aquafina or something and then renfield Mm -hmm. jumps from one balcony to another and then lands on the dude and <laughs> and his whole body contorts, blows into blood. 
Yeah. And um and the sound effect is bubbles. <laughs> like I distinctly hear remember hearing blood just coming out and it just sounds like bubbles. Right. <laughs> Which is a really great sound effect to actually use. It's it's like <laughs> Like, like I've never ripped anyone in half or anything like that, or stepped on them until they explode. I'll call Kyle yeah. later to see what ha- see how what it's really like. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke but, for those who know, don't for no yeah. know they know. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I, like I said, like I just like comedic violence and just over the top, and like whenever that's in movies, like I'll like I'll instantly like like see. Uh, see a movie like this especially mm-hmm. with like the level of comedy that's in here it's kind of like balances it out a little bit yes where it's like you just saw someone get ripped apart and then someone's like uh, and then all of a sudden someone's like making like a quippy joke which may seem like it's a little bit uh like like it's like a tonal shift but i feel like it works for this movie yeah absolutely absolutely um I'm trying to think like what else Oh, Nicolas Cage is in this movie. He's gr- <laughs> um man, this this whole thing should be about Nicolas Cage. Like uh right. So Nicolas Cage, he's like recovering from being burnt, I guess, and it just takes time and healing um and meditation and nuns and virgins and but Renfield's just like giving all these people who have sin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, the whole concept is like obviously Renfield is is Dracula's servant, and like the beginning of this movie like starts off with Nicolas Cage like he's badly injured. Let's just say that he's badly injured, and he's like he's afraid he'll die or just and re- it's up to Renfield to just serve him, just people for him to just digest so he can like bring get some of take some of their life and give it to Dracula and Redfield just is so sick and tired of like being like a part of like this, like he, he wants to go do other things. He wants to write poetry. He wants to like, focus on like his, his, on his own personal life. He doesn't want to be tied down to, uh, to uh, Dracula anymore. So. And he's been on the job for 84 years. Like he needs a vacation. (laughs) Exactly. He needs he needs time off. He needs healthcare. He needs <laughs> He needs PTO. He needs yeah. vacations, holidays. Unionize Renfield. Unionize Renfield. Yes. That's all I have to say yeah. about this movie. <laughs> Where is Renfield strike? You know. Right. I yeah, want exactly. Holidays. I want <laughs> uh, I <laughs> I don't want I don't want this to be a gig job anymore i don't want to grab two bodies for you and you pay me one bug (laughs) yeah 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 i don't want to just be you know i don't want like three bugs i want four bugs yeah exactly yeah it's a it's (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is off the rails already (laughs) this is what it's like to make a fast and furious podcast Right. <laughs> this uh, is what it's like r- talking about a movie that I saw a month ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, and then that happened, and I, so yeah, and then you know, so and 
And it gets to the point where Nick Cage is like, you know, I am so fed up with, you know, waiting for bodies. I'm going to go and kill, you know, my own people. Although mm-hmm. that's off screen. So, cause he comes up to the apartment later on, like just fully formed, like, Hey, I was able to let myself in, you know, cause he has a welcome mat. <laughs> which, which is my favorite scene in this entire, in this entire movie where he shows up and just like, it's Nicholas Cage is acting his, his heart out. Like I know, po- just give this man an Oscar for <laughs> right. <laughs> just give it again. Where he's just like <laughs> Redfield just walks in, just like shocks to see him, and and <laughs> I I don't know how to describe this on a podcast, but just looks at him and just kind of like a like and Renfield and- Renfield. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm <laughs> just like... And he has like his eyeball martini. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so good. It's, it's my favorite scene. It's in, cinema. In, in the entire movie. It's because cinema. I, I'm pretty sure Nicholas Holt became a better actor after doing this scene. With Nick or he just like went to his trailer and cried. Uh, yeah, right. realized. He's just like, I'll never be this good. <laughs> i'm too tall right i'm too good looking (laughs) but yeah but like this movie does like it has a very simple story to be honest it's just like yeah it's only 90 minutes like it's a 90 we're in and out like and that's the one thing i will say about universal's input output this year for the comedies at least is that they are (laughs) very short (laughs) They are very, you are in and out in like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I wish I could say this. Even Super Mario is like 90 minutes. So mm-hmm. uh wonder what happened on Fast X. We'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we cross that bridge. They ran out of time. <laughs> uh, I, don't, um, I don't know about you, but I'll be watching that movie for 90 minutes. I'll be like... I'll be timing that. I'll be like, 90 minutes is up, walking out right so now. So <laughs> at the end of the second act, you're just going to be like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, end of the first act, you mean? But, <laughs> <laughs> what, the other two acts are only 20 minutes each? Y- yes, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, uh, okay, we're... We're uh, off the rails. Uh, we're off the rails. So... <laughs> Nick, so Renfield, so Renfield and Aquafina, they're teaming up, you know, because she now knows that Renfield is uh, Dracula's servant or something. Uh, but she likes him enough to keep him alive, and <laughs> and so they, you know, plan a, a con to where you know they have to stop Dracula and the new, and I guess the mobs, mob, 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 mafia mom. Um, yeah mafia mama <laughs> mafia mama <laughs> they have to team up with to defeat tony collette yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sequel to this movie that's yeah. the sequel to renfield mafia, mafia mama, mama t- mafia mama meets renfield <laughs> yeah it's Renfield. It's just Renfield and Ma- Mafia Mama like eating gelato. <laughs> mm. Oh, she's like 
Tony Collette walks up to Renfield and is just like, she's just like, Renfield, you just gotta eat, pray, fuck, okay? Eat, pray, love. You need to, you remember this book? Just hands him the book for eat, pray, love. Yeah. Just eat gelato. Here, I'll even put some bugs in it so you feel a little power. (laughs) So you get some protein. Um... I'll put some buzz in the prestige. Green light this. I know we have a writer's strike right now. Green light this. Oh, fuck. Right Screw it. I love the. I'm here for the writer's strike, but I will definitely make it. I will. No, yeah, I should not condone I will, this. I won't. I shouldn't condone this. I will. I will. I will brainstorm this idea, and when the writer's strike is over, I'll give them to this. Yes, uh, Marley and I will will definitely brainstorm this. Uh, we will put a pin on this. Uh, yes. We will write tons of notes. Um, yes. but not an actual script. And yeah. then when this, and then when the writer strikes done, we'll pitch it. Yeah, exactly. Support so, your writers. That's so, all I have to say. Yeah, so. support your freaking writers and don't replace them with AI. Right. I've seen YouTubers <laughs> start to use AI for their shit, and it's just like, not to go on a rant, but I'm like, don't. You're <laughs> you're replacing yourself. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh. I don't want to go on, on down that rabbit hole. Okay. So, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, um, so they kidnap the sister for some reason, and and I guess like knock her out or something, or mortally injure her or something. And now Dracula's blood is like the cure all for all diseases and bodily injuries. So they're taking the Morbius the morbius plot line <laughs> robert kirkman read the script for morbius and was like i got it this is cinema <laughs> this is cinema what if uh, robert kirkman actually wrote like did a ghost write on morbius probably did probably did <laughs> so and was like i got it y'all i got it just cast nicholas cage instead yes <laughs> Uh, but yeah yeah, okay so they have to save her and then we see another like blood you know blood filled massacre on guards being like amputated and then Ben Schwartz and Nicholas Holt have this massive fight and I I will say Ben Schwartz like I know he's now like our Sonic it's kind of cool to hear Sonic Sonic just say the, the F word a whole bunch yeah that's no that was a ringing endorsement for me (laughs) like i love ben schwartz i think like if you haven't seen like the the comedy sketch group middle ditch and schwartz is probably one of the better comedy sketch shows like on on like that's being produced like right now Uh, okay uh i i like ben ben schwartz i think what what he's doing like in Hollywood is is really great and I always thought he was really funny and he's he's really great in this like he yeah he's funny but I feel like he kind of has like a little bit of Adam Adam Warrock like like a like kind of like 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 relationship with his mother and oh Warlock like yeah yeah where he's like he's kind of a mama's boy a little bit yeah which is I, and he's a man child is this year of the mama's boy because we have Renfield, we have Polite Society, like there's a Mama's Boy in that. We have Guardians of the Galaxy three. There's Adam Warrock, the ultimate Mama's Boy. Okay. Like, 
Like, is there is, is this going to be the year of the Mama's Boy? <laughs> I'm trying to think of others. Um, well, no, then you have Fast X because Dom, Dominic Toretto's mom is in that, so he's a Mama's Boy. No, that's so his grandmother, I think. I don't know. I, just <laughs> just it, keep it in. <laughs> uh but oh uh super mario is a mom mario is a mama's boy oh, mm-hmm. creed yeah. is a mama's boy um yeah. let's see magic mike is technically a mama's boy <laughs> going for that mama yeah you know. yeah uh no, yeah okay uh yeah there's a lot of yeah this might actually be um you're the mama's you're yeah. the mamas. Even uh, Anthony Ramos uh, in Transformers, he he's a mama's. He lives with his mother, so he's a mama's mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. So this might actually you actually might have cracked it. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty three year of the mamas. <laughs> year of the mama boys. Yeah, what a valiant. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. But yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, but no, like. He's really great in it, and then Ben Schwartz is great in his way. His going out, I mean, that is sick. I mean, he gets punched in his whole spleen, everything on his bottom half just plop, <laughs> like he almost shits it out. What well, the, the way you said plop is the exact sound that you get where he gets punched, and it's just like <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> The, the sound design here is top notch. It's so cartoonish, opinion. which I mean, to be fair, Chris McKay started out in animation, mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> still, yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. Okay, so and then they, you know, go and attack, you know, Ren Dracula, and they're like, you know, I'm gonna, you can't stop me, Renfield, and then I'm like, no, I'm gonna stop you, and. And then Aquafina like joins in. Oh wait, no, Aquafina is like, no, I'm gonna stop you. And then you're, he's like, I can't, you can't stop me. I'm immortal, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same dialogue here. I've not, I've not changed a lint. <laughs> um, it, but like the sister comes in on like a gurney or something, uh, <laughs> and right. it's like, uh, she's probably dead. Uh, but I can save her with Dracula's blood or whatever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> um so what he what she tries to do she like this movie him. sounds so silly like when, when you're it just is cra- silly yeah so it's why i love it it's why i love it well you know well, i'm glad you love it someone has to <laughs> um so she goes over to like the window thing or whatever and it's like tries to tap it don't want to work for because it's a mm-hmm. machine. Rimfield's like, oh no! And but <laughs> the thing opens enough to where it injures him, and then they go to the basement and have the final fight, and they create mm-hmm. the circle that was at the beginning of the movie with cocaine <laughs> from the cocaine that 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 uh, <laughs> um, Ben Schwartz's character. Uh, basically is is selling right he's selling it right yeah he's selling cocaine yeah so so cocaine is the magic dust uh that holds him in it which w- which I, I it's funny that cocaine is like is is the magic dust which it, it's 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 almost like 
like co- cocaine bear was just like, oh, we got extra props. <laughs> so just go ahead and just, you can make Renfield just like just make it make sense in the script. OK, yeah, we, just, we need to we need to finish this. We need to use up all this fake cocaine we have. Right. Um, <laughs> just do it. I, I mean, fake cocaine. Uh, I'm real. Co- I mean, what? <laughs> what? 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 That's an executive at Universal. <laughs> You don't just see make this, bro. it go away, okay? Make it go away. I just I can't do it anymore, okay? <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I gotta crack the, gotta crack it, you know. Um, and the Euphoria people they don't even use cocaine. Right. <laughs> Sam Levinson's like we have everything but cocaine, but co- but cocaine. Every every high schooler does every drug except for cocaine. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, that's coffee for high schoolers. That's Nos energy drink. <laughs> Tie it all together. Okay, I'm d- I'm done. <laughs> so they cut him up into meat cubes or something. Uh, I don't even know how they do this without breaking the circle, but kudos to them. Um, anyway, and that's a, also like worst part is like they just kill him off screen. They're mm-hmm. just like, oh, we have you, but we won't kill you because that whatever. They just do it in a montage. They bury him in cement, whatever. And limited time. They had limited time with him, so oh. that's why they kill him off screen. So. <laughs> they had to do o- it in a montage. Only so many, only so many days to shoot. <laughs> montage. So let's do it in a montage. Uh, anyway, so the movie ends. They have a gallon of Dracula's blood. Oh, we forgot to mention. There's a scene where like Renfield. Uh, where Dracula kills like all of Renfield's like uh, um, toxic relationship anom- anonymous like friends, mm-hmm. uh, so they bring them back in the end to like you know wrap up the story. And what's so great is Brandon Scott Thomas or whatever his name is is like traumatized because <laughs> he's seen like hell or purgatory or whatever or heaven, right. And he's just like horribly traumatized. Uh, right, he's going to need therapy at this point. He he <laughs> will go to the therapist needs therapy. He will go to his own class, <laughs> teaching himself on what he saw. It's just like it's just a room, like it's just a room of no one else but him, and he's just like talking to himself. I'm like, and then, and then someone someone opens the door to like the gym that the, the class is in, and they're just like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine." I'm like, it's just like. <laughs> He's he's written his own <laughs> books about it, like to for his self help. <laughs> right. You no, know, it's this is kind of like the same. This kind of it's similar to Gildoy Lockhart from Chamber of Secrets. How he how he wrote self help books about like who am I, what did I see? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a stretch. It's that a was stretch. a stretch. Wow. <laughs> That's a 21-year stretch. Uh, Anyway, but yeah, so the movie ends. Aquafina and Nicholas Holt, they're like, um, sure, we're friends, whatever. Uh, And they go on their day. Renfield kind of goes and tries to, like, repair whatever's left of his life because he left his life 80-something years ago. Mm -hmm. So it just ends kind of, like, on a happy note, you know? Right. We'll see if Dracula comes back. Oh, go ahead. There's there's something about like Aquafina and 
and a Renfield's relationship that I don't think we talked about in this episode uh, is the age gap. Like he, he left his life 80 something years ago and Aquafina is like, I don't know in her thirties. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like she's like, currently do you have an issue with that. Oh, do I? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't really have an issue in twilight, but cause like that whole movie is like, that whole movie has so many other problems other than than pedophilia yeah Uh, well there's the pedophilia aspect in twilight and this movie and then also from twilight you also just have like like just abusers too oh yeah like like, all the men are abusive yeah exactly but um i don't know it didn't really bother me too much i just realized that like I just realized that now where I'm just like, oh crap, that's a that's a big age gap for Aquafina. Yeah. Maybe she just likes older men. Just... Well, that's why I'm like cuz she's not I don't know if it's the performance or what, but she really just kind of seems like let's just be friends. Like she really just wants to friend friend zone him. Mhm. Uh so like that's how I kind of read it is it, you know, she's really like friend zoning him, but he really wants to like make it work. Right. Um, because it because he because she's the like only person that's really shown him affection like in eighty something years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I so I mean I understand like why Renfield is, but I, I do feel like it's one of those like no we'll just be friends. It's not, and I feel like they kind of wanted it to sort of be like Cameron Diaz and Jim Carrey from The Mask. I think mm-hmm. they were trying to aim for that kind of dynamic, but like to me it just doesn't read as like it just reads more like we'll just be platonic because i mean we're tied to a a very traumatic situation Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um, like it's it's kind of i know i'm connecting a lot of different types of media here but no i don't i don't want to talk about that okay it would be spoilers for that show okay so yeah i'll tell you after but (laughs) i don't want to admit i don't want to is it like a currently running show yeah, it's currently running. Okay, I, I I don't know how many people have seen it, but <laughs> okay, all right, all right, that's fair. Okay, yeah. So I'm trying to think. Is there anything else to talk about with Brinfield? Uh, the performances were great. I like the I like the violence. The like the act, the set pieces are actually really cool. Ben Schwartz is 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 really great. Uh, if you're like, I always tell people when I recommend like this movie, like. Just go and have a good time. Turn off your brain, and you'll you'll. There's some substance there with like toxic relationships and like stuff that you can kind of like l- learn from. But like this movie is really just there for a good time, to be honest. Yeah, um, I'm just like I, to me, it didn't work for me. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. only comedy that they have done that really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because even Megan, like. I'm not big on Megan either, but I appreciate like I appreciate they try to make a bit a doll movie a comedy. Mm-hmm. So um, I still have to see it, and I think it's on Prime Video. It's on a Peacock as well. The unrated versions on Peacock, right? Uh, and it's I don't know. I just think like I like Cocaine Bear. I thought it was fine. I, I feel it. like Renfield. I feel like Renfield works a little bit more. Like I gave it four, I gave Renfield four stars and I gave Cocaine Bear three and a half. For some reason, like Cocaine Bear was like 
I, I had so many issues with it. It just like I didn't laugh on so many parts and just like it wasn't as like over the top violent as this movie was. Uh there there's still great B movies, like obviously, but I don't know. I just prefer Renfield a little bit more over Cocaine Bear. So And and that's fine. Uh and uh, yeah. I don't know. Like for me, I think the reason why like I love Cocaine Bear so much is that it feels like it it accomplishes the goal so well like Mm -hmm. like to me it accomplishes the goal so well it's just like we are a slasher movie but also a com we're a comedy that's stuck in a slasher movie Mm -hmm. and the slasher is a bear so (laughs) that's the reason why i kind of like the movie is like it it meets it meets it meets the goals it meets its presence in I would like to talk to people who didn't like the movie because I because when I did that podcast, I it was all positive all around. But now mm-hmm. I'm kind of hearing like from, but I'm, now I'm starting to hear from people like the naysayers that are like, oh, you know, this is whatever, or it wasn't good, or it's boring, or something. So, but yeah, this is but that's beside the point of Renfield. Um, and as of this podcast recording, we don't get another. The next comedy is No Hard Feelings. Mm-hmm. uh unless you Which count the I'm, machine i i'm not about like like no no hard feelings seems kind of cringe yeah like, even for me to be honest yeah exactly like no hard feelings is i mean i love jennifer lawrence and i think i might even just go just like i might go on a discount tuesdays for that <laughs> uh because i do like her and i do think she's trying to make like really good choice like she's trying to make especially with now like with causeway she's trying to make her like really smart decisions in her career so i'm mm-hmm. curious to see like what about this was just like really spoke was really like i gotta make her do was like making her go i gotta do this movie mm-hmm. so and then strays got pushed to august um there is the machine movie with brett kesher or whatever his name is Brett kesher no I'll, I'll pass on that one <laughs> But I also think that movie. I, I'm so sorry to say this, but I think that movie is also DOA. Um, it's bad. I don't think I never liked Bert, whatever his name is. Like I think it, that he's not very funny and very problematic on on in so many ways. Uh, people can flame me in the comments about that, but I I don't know. I just don't find him all that funny so i I don't even know if people were that's the weirdest part about doing the machine now it's like do people remember the like the viral like skit like do people Mm -hmm. even like care i i don't even know the skit so (laughs) i would be horrible a horrible person to have on for that one yeah well i mean what what is the skit what is the skit like well it's like when he so when he was in college this is off track but whatever yeah um no it's okay you don't have to like yeah uh uh, i'll tell you after the podcast yeah just tell me after but yeah so but so but for you know for wrapping up the show like there's not another comedy for like a few more weeks and uh and so i'm kind of just so i'm reminiscing and we are in this beginning of summer we just got guardians three as we mentioned um Mm -hmm. oh i mean the book club is a comedy so i mean it's a comedy uh 
And uh, so, I mean, so, but I'm just saying, like, so we're in the hit, we're about to be in the heat of summer, as we, especially since you and I are wrapping the Fast Saga. <laughs> uh, so, and then we got Little Mermaid, which might be in its own unintentional comedy. We'll see. <laughs> um, well, no, the reviews on that have been actually really great. The early, early reactions to Little Mermaid have been, like, overwhelmingly positive. I... So, I have been burned by Rob Marshall so much. I know I I I haven't been burned by Rob Marshall too much, but I feel like Little Mermaid might be the first burn because it's a little shameless plug that I'm doing over on Instagram at Marley Loves Film. I'm doing a summer movie wager with two other mutuals, and we predicted the top ten highest grossing movies this summer. I shameless shamelessly did not put Little Mermaid there, and. I think I'm going to regret it. I'm probably going to lose badly in that. I don't know because like there's no excitement for it. Like there's Kale, Kale. The the live action Disney animated like remakes or whatever. That however you, you say, say that. that, but Mulan did like nothing and Mulan was Disney Plus though. Fair, uh, yeah, but still, like, the, go ahead. The Lion King made five hundred million dollars domestically. Five hundred million. <laughs> um, yes. but and this is well. I mean, Cruella also bombed. But that's Disney Plus. I, I, like most <laughs> of the current current like live action remakes were Disney Plus. I think the last one was Aladdin. And even Aladdin did really well, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm, I got but yeah, yeah, no. So, so it's just, but yeah, okay. We really need to wrap this up. Okay, so <laughs> uh, so Marley, where can the good people find you and where is your podcast? Uh, you could find me everywhere talking about movies. You could find me first on Instagram at Marley Loves Film. I'm also on TikTok with the same username. Also, and you can find me tweeting at the twatters <laughs> at Marley Loves Film, not talking about Fast and Furious. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. And then you can listen to my podcast, The Real Lovers Podcast, on anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. And uh, yeah, uh, currently I'm re-watching uh, or watching all of the movies in the Letterboxd Top 250. And uh, that's the current series. And yeah, thank you for having me on, Kale. No problem. Awesome. No problem, Marley. Thank you for doing this. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Movie Kale. Uh, as Marley kind of mentioned, we, or as we mentioned earlier, uh, we are doing the uh, lead up to the Fast Saga by reviewing every Fast Saga movie. Uh, so we've done eight movies so far. Uh, we Releasing the uh, new, newest episode today as of this recording. Uh, so we've done all up to the fate of the furious uh f9 will come out right soon after this and then of course we'll cover uh fast x so and not the laxative not the laxative what? we're covering fast x is this fast x sounds like a laxative it so does <laughs> but <laughs> but but any but yeah so we are covering uh the last two movies it's gonna be huge uh we will we'll see um 
and uh no it's just gonna be great we're gonna you know but yeah marley and i will be this will be our last we talk about the fast saga until of course fast 11 and then we'll just do fast 11 as like a bonus episode as we'll, we'll just re-watch all of them <laughs> i will in preparation <laughs> i will murder your bull <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay you'll murder me you'll murder me like dracula murdered all those people. people yeah yeah uh okay now marley please don't die just because now i this is evidence this will be used in court <laughs> as a confession well you you're the editor you can cut this out oh yeah that's fair <laughs> Da-dung. uh so anyway uh so but yeah okay uh thanks everyone we'll be back with you uh for the 300 in first episode and that'll be the atlanta film festival coverage uh i'm doing that with uh sean estridge uh from the nerd party and we're gonna have a ball uh we are gonna so the reason why i kind of mentioned this already is because and sorry marley i know we got to get going but just let me go through this real quickly it's cool (laughs) um sean and i will split our coverage into two parts so he will do the first part um of course i will announce it i will share it whenever it goes live and then i will do part two so mm-hmm. just keep an eye out on my twitter at movie kale for all the information on that uh so but as of right now this is the end of the uh 300th celebration 301 is coming up and then uh <laughs> 302 will be fast x will be like a combination will be like a collaboration episode a culmination episode of fat the road to the fast saga and uh the youth critic with the review of fast X. So thanks everyone. We will uh, have a crazy multiversal podcast for the next couple weeks, but uh, we will have fun doing it. And then we'll be back to regular programming. Thanks Marley. We will be uh, back. Thanks Marley. And I can't wait to do the last two podcasts with you very soon. Same. We're, we're closing the loop. We're closing the loop. Exactly. On everything that we're doing. Exactly. Absolutely. Here we go. Yeah. Striking only. Strictly. Yeah, I'm aware of this. This fly, yeah. Then I think he's such a bad guy. But you're never really going to be free until you face him. I will no longer tolerate abuse. <laughs> I deserve happiness. Let me explain something to you, okay? You deserve only suffering. I will unleash an army of death. Everyone you care about will suffer because you betrayed me. We have to stop him before sunset. And someone's like, it's okay, I've seen way worse. Everything I saw you do today is gonna be my way worse. It's my least favorite part of the job. I don't know.